Well, hello, everyone. I'm really delighted to welcome you all to TNC's latest podcast. And the topic today is the future of the contact center and customer engagement. I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of TNC, and I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. As I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent telecom strategy and sourcing consultancy. We support over 280 major UK multinational companies and help them to get the best possible commercial, technical and operational results from their network telecoms and, of course, contact centre solutions. So joining us today from TNC to share his wisdom and insight is our CTO, Craig Northveth. Craig, do you want to say hello to our listeners and viewers? Yeah, good morning, John. Hello, everybody listening. Great to be here today. So today's topic, the future of the contact centre and customer engagement. Uh, so you know, this is a, an extremely interesting topic and, you know, it's, of course, particularly timely. So, you know, contact centre leaders are facing a, a new set of challenges to fulfil their operational strategic objectives. <laughs> These challenges were already happening pre-COVID. COVID's only made it more interesting and more challenging for them. You know, changing customer expectations, the evolution of technology, and you know, as we said, COVID as well have all created a you know really significant set of challenges for contact center leaders. You know, through 2020 uh, here at TNC, we've been tracking a number of key trends across the market. I think the most interesting of these, you know, we've seen the rise of natural language processing, uh, the use of AI to capture caller intent, root, and indeed even. Uh, enable self-serve of customer queries and of course the enormous shift of agents to uh, to working at home. So we're going to look at two key topics uh, today. What is driving change in the contact center? We're going to dive down into that and then the second thing we're going to look at is how are organizations reacting to this changing landscape and how do we expect those reactions to change uh, looking forwards. So Craig, without further ado, let's dive into that first topic. Can you guide us through what is driving change in the contact center? Yeah, sure, John. Um, so I think perhaps the biggest the biggest change that we've seen over the last year or so, or probably maybe maybe beyond that, if you like, is changing consumer expectations. Um, so we are seeing a number of things that are happening, I guess, in terms of how people interact with organizations. So there's a demographic change. That's one of the key things, you know, people are getting, um, well, younger people have got access to more technology these days and the ways that they want to interact and communicate with organizations is significantly diff different to maybe the older generation. So that's presenting quite a number of challenges, but also opportunities for organizations in terms of how they want to interact and engage with the consumer. Um, so we often hear a term called um, channel of choice. So this is this is largely kind of driven around omni-channel, if you like, um, and it's it's having the ability to be able to interact um, across many different mediums. So whether that's traditional telephone, whether it's through the web, whether it's through a, a chat client, um, whether it's through SMS. Um, even new kind of models that we see now, we're seeing interaction through things like IoT. So you know, within the I guess in the car insurance space, if you like, being able to have the black box interact directly with the contact center if there's a, a, a an accident or an emergency. So a lot more interaction, different methods um, within that kind of contact or customer engagement platform. I think the second the second piece around customer expectations is that consumers 
expect a more personalized experience these days. Um, so, you know, they want to be treat like, um, you know, they've effectively been given something that's unique to them. Um, so whether that's through being able to identify the purpose or their intent of their contact and being able to drive that contact in a certain way, which effectively optimizes their experience. So that takes a lot of things in terms of, you know, being able to initially identify that customer, being able to understand um, what their intent of their call is, also kind of understand their sentiment as well. So, you know, why, why are they calling? Are they happy? Are they angry? And where do, what do we need to do with this call to try and resolve the issue as quickly as possible um, and effectively deliver a great customer experience? Um, I think the final point around consumer expectations is actually because of, because of all of these things, because we started to see better personalized services, because we started to see, you know, organizations offer a channel of choice for a consumer, those organizations that are not doing that, um, consumers are starting to kind of build a bit of a low tolerance to suboptimal sub services. So organizations that are not offering these you know, multiple channels into the business, not offering personalized experiences, um, are now starting to struggle to, I guess, acquire and retain customers um, because obviously there's much more opportunity and availability of services across the, across the market. So I think... That is, that is largely, you know, one of the biggest changes that we're seeing from a customer focus is that expectations are shifting and organizations are having to you know, rally around effectively to keep up with the, the trends of the consumer. And I guess not just shifting expectations, but increasing expectations. You know, customers want a, a higher quality interaction through a contact center than they're perhaps prepared to accept one, two, three years ago. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I think the, you know, pe people are more... Um, susceptible to actually accept things like self-service these days as well so you know again look, looking looking back a few years most contacts were, were dealt with by human agents um now that that back then it may have been a quite a long handling time um it might have been you know quite a long process to effectively resolve an issue that you had mm. or you may have just had a simple transaction or a simple query that could be dealt with you know much quicker if 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 you could get to the people that you need to speak to much quicker um, I think the fact that, you know, we've, we, we start to see lots of in enhancements around self-service capabilities. We've seen lots of enhancements around, you mentioned things like natural language, um, conversational IVR type capabilities, and deeper integration into, into back-end systems um, to be able to effectively self-serve more complex tasks. Um, people, are, people are quite happy with that now. You know, if they can quickly navigate their query and get it resolved or make a payment or you know, order something without having to interact um, you know, with, with another human, if you like, um, people are quite you know, amenable to doing that now. Mm. Okay, so the, sorry, sorry, John, yeah. No, 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 I was just going to say, so, so presumably this is what's leading on into some of this technology evolution that we're seeing is trying to address some of these issues. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, we, we, we've seen a, a natural evolution of, in, in the technology stack within the contact center. Um, so, you know, again, tr tr traditionally um, calls, um, or t telephony was a primary channel for most contact centers. And, and actually, to, to, to be fair to this day, for many contact centers, it still is a primary channel. Um, I think what we've seen maybe over the last two years is that the, the percentage of interactions that come in via telephony, albeit still um, the major major contact method is starting to re starting to decline. 
in favour of other digital engagement channels. Um, so this is where organisations are now looking at how to digitally, digitally transform their environments to be able to enable that channel of choice approach, looking at what systems of engagement need to be put in place to be able to accept things like you know, WhatsApp messages or Twitter, um, tw Twitter, Twitter messages, um, IoT type, type capabilities, um, and even, you know, as we move move into the future and, and, and looking at the likes of um, Amazon and Google and, you know, the kind of Alexa and Siri type applications, how you can effectively use them to also communicate into, a, a, into an organization's contacts environment. So we've seen a lot more enhancements around technology. Um, I think the, the, the key, the key, well, I guess the, the biggest thing that we're seeing more than anything is um, at the front end of the, the customer engagement. So moving away from the, the traditional method of you know, punching in option one to go through to this department, option two to go through this department and go through seven different you know, options effectively to try and get to where you need to get to, um, to moving that towards more of a sort of speech recognition or intent capture type model. So using natural language to identify through a, a number of utterances, if you like, what that customer, what that caller's intent is, um, and then and then using intelligence within the platform effectively to route that um, to the most suitable agent using attribute routing. Um, in addition to that, what we're also seeing as part of that process is um, increased ability to kind of identify and verify a customer as well. So various mechanisms mechanisms around being able to input pertinent information that could be like an account number it could be a date of birth it could be you know a, a postcode or something like that to be able to identify and verify that the caller is the caller mm -hmm. um i think at the more complex side of things um you know we started to see increased use of voice biometrics um again to do that same thing in terms of really identify who that customer is particularly within the kind of banking sectors um to then approve access into their you know financial accounts and, and, and whatever else so Lots of lots of growing capability in that space, um, and I think certainly within the last year, um, the maturity of that type of technology has significantly increased. And 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 I think again when we touched upon before the likes of Alexa and Siri and, and other types of capabilities like that, it's the same type of technology that's being used within the consumer world as what's being used within these kind of speech recognition engines. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that it's growing so quickly within the consumer world effectively means that that technology and the evolution of, of that capability is then being presented into the business world as well um, with, with potentially lots of benefits. I think the final point on that then is, is, is taking that to the next level. So, you know, we, we know that speech recognition has come on. We know that the kind of speech to text and text to speech type capabilities have come on because of the consumerization of some of these services. But what we're starting to see now is models being built um, by organizations that allow more of a sort of conversational IVR flow. Um, so it's kind of, you know, you're talking with a bot as opposed to um, talking with a human to get to that position where you can either identify if a call can be self-served um, or actually, you know, you can, you can identify specifically where that call needs to be dealt with by a human if it's a more complex type capability. So all of these things are you know, capabilities that, being driven into into the market um largely being driven from a cloud basis um so we we don't see many organizations enhancing their on-premise capabilities to deliver this type of function um what, what we what we've typically seen is 
more of a kind of hybrid type approach where some of this intelligence sits in the cloud and then at the point of delivery to the contact center effectively is handed back off to to maybe a legacy platform um but we, we sorry John, yeah it's it's, it's so is is cloud uh, a requirement for these presumably they can be done on prem but you say the predominant model now is, is is the people who are enabling these functions in the cloud yeah, largely. I mean, I think I think we've had maybe one or two examples where people have tried to do this on-prem with with kind of on-prem capabilities, and um, I think they've found that the functionality of that model is fairly limited. Whereas the you know the the the, the, the organisations in the cloud are, are kind of the hyperscalers that are, are really you know in this space at the minute. So mm. you know the, the kind of Amazons, the Googles, these types of organisations that have got that capability, IBM as well. Um, so. The the, the, the the model of consuming that as a service um, outside of their on-premise environments and then delivering the output of that service effectively to the contact center once all the treatment's been applied um, is the most typical model that we're seeing. Um, we are also seeing you know, some evolution in that space around actually moving some of the traditional functions. So, you know, the kind of agent desktop, the, the queuing, the, the you know, traditional IVR type capabilities, the call recording, the workforce management services, seeing them also being elevated to the cloud now. And I think based on you know recent procurements that we've run, that seems to now be the default model to consume them services from the cloud as well. So really, really quite a quite a shift in terms of you know traditional environments up into the cloud. And to what what extent is that being driven as well by the need to to enable agents to work at home and to have that more flexible sort of way of working yeah massively and again i think this isn't this is another driver um you know once once the service is effectively um moved out into the cloud it, it in effect becomes a, a software as a service type application that can be consumed across public internet services um so at the most basic level, um, organizations that have effectively moved their agent capability to the cloud would be able to access it across, like, across the internet as almost like a, a WebRTC connection. So it's a, a browser-based agent connectivity model. Um, other organizations that need you know, higher levels of, of availability and stability, I guess, um, still still potentially deliver telephony in a slightly different way. So in the traditional way. Um, so where, again, largely driven by COVID, a lot of organizations have had to send their agents to work from home. Um, so they are either delivering telephony by the WebRTC method I just mentioned there, or they're delivering it to soft phones, um, you know, effectively VPN connection back into traditional environments and delivering it onto a soft phone, um, effectively a client sat on the device, on, on, on a laptop, for instance. Or in some cases, actually, they're using more of a BYOD type model. Um, so they're, they're diverting calls back into people's mobiles or people's home phones, or they're, or they're providing mobiles and effectively delivering calls into mobile states as well. There's a bit of a mixed bag at the minute. I think ultimately, you know, the the WebRTC route um, or the you know access across the internet is probably going to be the the model that a lot of organisations settle on um, as as the kind of strategy gets developed over the next year or so. Yeah, that's really interesting stuff. So, uh, I mean, you know, as you as you rightly say, there's a huge amount of change going on, both in terms of 
what the consumer wants and expects from their engagement with the contact center and and obviously the technology is 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 evolving enormously to 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 deal with those uh those expectations to 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 meet those expectations but also obviously to do so in a covid environment where you know you can't have you know hundreds of thousands of agents sat in a uh all working together in a building you've got to get them working from home etc so you know looking looking at those at those trends of the technology etc you know and, and and thinking about how this plays into our second topic how would you say organizations are reacting to the changing landscape I, you know i think you're probably going to talk at, uh, at this stage about sort of customer engagement strategy and, and defining that is, is that the first step in this process yeah it that's that, that's that's what we would always recommend i mean we've seen we've seen various different approaches customers take so some some customers look at technology first and try to build a technology stack to meet the customer demands um but we've we've often seen that 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 fails because the customer requirements and the customer engagement strategies not being well defined to mm. be able to map and interpret what technical requirements are, are needed um so we always we always kind of push down the push down the route of actually defining the customer journey first so understanding what what, what channels you're going to effectively deliver or what present to customers mm. how them how them channels effectively ingressed into the technology so what systems of engagement do you need to have so you know again talking about things like the ivr um whether that's more of a speech recognition base so whether it's a traditional model whether or not you're going to ingress social channels, um, whether you're going to ingress and egress SMS type services, IoT type services, um, whether telephony is still going to be the you know the kind of primary channel. So all of these things in terms of what you know what's the best approach for the customer, what does that customer journey look like? How can we optimize? How can we personalize um, that customer journey? Is always the kind of key thing to to start with. Um, typically, then that would look like trying to do some opportunity assessments and scenario modelings as well around different approaches to the customer journey. So if if there's a objective to save cost, for instance, then likely that you're going to be trying to push the customer into more of a self-serve model. Um, so you can you know, reduce headcount because um, that's ultimately where you know, the biggest cost would sit mm. within the contact centre operation. However, if you want to improve, um, say, your, your, your CSAT score or something like that, then the approach might be to actually offer as many channels as possible. So you've got multiple engagement opportunities. You become more of an engagement hub as opposed to a contact center. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows, you know, more, it, it allows, it attracts more customers in terms of acquiring customers, but it also enables retention of customers as well, because you're offering much more service capability to them. So I think there's quite a bit to be done around customer engagement strategy in terms of defining the journey but also looking at the opportunity assessment and modeling out different scenarios to understand what works best for the customer, what works best from a cost perspective, and obviously what the operational aspects will look like as well. And presumably that provides the, the, the key inputs you're going to need for that technology roadmap. As you said, there's organizations that tried to start with the technology, have struggled with that approach because they haven't, they haven't got the, those key inputs defined, but presumably armed with that, uh, customer engagement strategy and those inputs that's when you can really start looking at the technology stack and defining exactly that. that exactly that yeah so i think you know one of the one of the core parts of the customer engagement strategy one of the things that that will recognize is what what data do you need access to 
So what we what we what we typically find is organisations have have customer data generally scattered across different systems of record, um, you know, for, for for different services that they offer. So what you'll what what the, what the customer engagement strategy will define is well what what data is required to be able to make some of these decisions in terms of the the, the channel entry. So you know what are the decision points, what's the next what's the next best actions. What do we do? How do we access that data? Mm-hmm. That then effectively comes into the the kind of technology roadmap in terms of right, you know, what 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 systems of engagement do we need? Um, so what's the kind of interface to the customer? What integrations do we then need in terms of our backend data? What decision points do we need? Or what processes do we need to align around <clears throat> these, these 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 integrations and systems engagement to ensure that you know, we fully align and map to that personalized customer journey? And and also kind of you know from a, a very basic technology level, what technology do we need? You know, is this, are we looking at retaining physical infrastructure? Are we looking at moving to more of a kind of subscription-based low-code model, um, which is effectively all consumed from the cloud? Um, it really drives what what type of technology you need to effectively meet that customer engagement strategy, which, you know, ultimately is what the business is looking to do. And, and you know, you, you, you touched on uh, the thorny topic of of commercials and price and and so uh, you know that there's too complex a topic to deal with in the last two minutes of, of a podcast but presumably we're, we're seeing some very different cost models for for these different approaches i mean for for a start you, you you've already talked about subscription versus consumption yeah. and i know that's you know that's one key area you're also talking about potentially uh retaining existing platforms and augmenting them with cloud-based capabilities so presumably the number of cost models one could create for this sort of transformation is is uh, is almost endless absolutely and again this 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 comes down to the kind of opportunity assessment and scenario modeling piece you know commercial has got to be a key function of that um because it is it is complex um you know there, there is retained infrastructure costs as retained support costs retained managed service costs if you keep some sort of infrastructure on prem or or as a as a hosted solution within you know service providers network um and then you've got the two variations of cloud costs so subscription so that's kind of you know, typically licensing type costs um which would be subscribed to for a, on a month by month for a, an annual or you know, multi-year basis or actually the newer models that we've seen coming into the market are pure consumption. So for every call or every minute, if you like, that um, an interaction sits within the, the platform, you're effectively racking up consumption charges. Um, it's really interesting on the consumption model. You know, we, we do see the cost appear to be very low, you know, not point not one cent or something for a transaction. Um, but when you're doing you know, 50, 60 million transactions a year, and it, it, you can see it soon racks up rel- relatively quickly. Um, so there is a lot of modeling to be done around that commercial piece. And again, it comes to the, the state of what you're trying to achieve. You know, you, are you looking to deflect more calls? Are you looking to deliver better customer services? Do you still want people in the mix? Do you still want to, or do you want to automate? And really kind of what service offering you want to deliver from an omni-channel perspective. Yeah, it's, there's a lot to talk about on the commercial side of things. <laughs> as, as, as always, we, uh, I, 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 th- I think our listeners must think we deliberately end on a cliff, uh, uh, in, in our <laughs> cliffhanger every time. But it's, it's just, you know, these topics are so big and there's so much interesting stuff to dive into. I think we're probably going to have to do 
you know, we're going to have to move to a weekly podcast just so we can dive into, you know, the commercials and the different consumption models and so on. But uh, I, uh, sadly, we're going to have to draw this particular podcast to an end because we've, uh, uh, as always, exceeded our 20 minutes, but not by too much this time. So, um, Craig, thank you as always for your insights. You've you said many, many interesting things today. Um, and uh, as always, I enjoy learning and, and, uh, and listening to what you've got to say. Thank you, as always, to our listeners and viewers for joining us. Uh, do let us know any questions you may have about this or about any other network and telecoms topic. You can get in touch with us at our website, so networkcollective.co.uk, or, of course, through any of the usual social channels. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. 